Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Die-hard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. You know, the United States of America should not exist. It shouldn't exist. The fact that the founding fathers, this is just something I've been thinking about, Captain. The fact that the founding fathers were able to even conceive of the idea of America, that they were able to cobble together our founding documents, the Constitution, even the Declaration of Independence when they decided to go to war and pay the ultimate price for freedom, that alone was a miracle. A miracle, and it was the culmination of all of mankind's collective experience. Trying, you know, since we stood up on two legs and started exploring this earth, trying to make our lives more convenient, trying to establish governments, law and order. And until the United States of America, all of those experiments, attempts, they had failed. And if they hadn't failed, they succeeded in establishing the antithesis of America, which, of course, was a tyranny. I know the United States is still a young country in the grand scheme of history, you know, less than 250 years old. And we have defied the odds time and time again. You know, I, I just... There are a couple ways to look at what we're experiencing right now. I guess I guess attitude is everything right now. We can sit here and we can boohoo and we can commiserate every day. That's not to say we're not going to address these issues, but it's what we do, how we meet the challenges. Do we give up, throw our hands up and say there's nothing we can do? Or do we dig deep and ask ourselves, what we are going to do to fix the situation, to save the country. And I just want to start off by providing a little bit of perspective because certainly, well, maybe in all of our lifetimes, excluding the World War II generation, but, you know, the World War II generation, the greatest generation, they deserve that title for sure. But what they were fighting was abroad, right? They weren't fighting the forces here in America. They weren't fighting our government. They weren't fighting tyranny at home, right? They were fighting tyranny abroad. They were fighting the axis of evil. It's a very different situation. What we are confronted with today is more of a Civil War era situation. We have Americans, politicians, who are seeking to stop the American experiment in its tracks. And cue up cut six for me, Captain. I threw this one at Captain just before we were going to go on. I want to play this. This is Ronald Reagan, I believe, in 1967. 1967. I just want you to hear. You have heard this before, but it may have been a long time since many of you have heard it. But I want you to hear what Reagan has to say, and then we will continue on our journey today on the Drew Allen Show. Go ahead and play it, Captain. Go. Freedom is a fragile thing, 
and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation, for it comes only once to a people. And those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. Well, there you have it. The the wisdom of Ronald Reagan, the foresight of Ronald Reagan, our uh, our prophet <clears throat> here in America, at least, unrelated to religion. Freedom is indeed a fragile thing, and what we are experiencing today and faced with today is the eradication of that freedom. And what we do day in and day out, not just leading up to the 2024 presidential election. I know I'm talking much about the importance of that election, and it's true. It's an inflection point in American history. It really is. Whoever is elected president in 2024 really is going to seal, I'm sad to say, the fate of the United States of America. That's how precarious the circumstances are. And we've had it too good. We've had it too good. And what we're faced with right now didn't happen overnight. It's been in progress for decades and decades and decades. And the reality is too many of us, including myself, have taken this country for granted. And what Reagan says there is it's not passed down in the bloodstream, freedom that is. It has to be fought for, protected. And this is a challenge that we have to engage in and embrace and face day in and day out. That's, that's the double-edged sword that is the United States of America, right? We're a republic. We're a great nation, but that, that success story depends upon the activity of the American citizen, of you and me. When we sit on our hands and observe while tyrants hijack this ship and turn it back around towards the harbor of despotism, well, we're just riding on that ship. They've taken the steering wheel and we're just along for the ride. We can't do that anymore. We can't do that anymore. Now, look, there are ample signs of people standing up. And what I would tell you, I ended the show a couple days ago on Tuesday with a story of middle school students who tore down pride banners and chanted, USA are my pronouns. These are middle school students. Now, these middle school students are brave. You know, that is the kind of activity that we have to engage in in our day-to-day lives in whatever atmosphere or scenario we're in to save this country. There are more of us than there are them. Now, there is a price to pay for doing the right thing. You have to just get comfortable with that. You have to get comfortable with that. These kids are being attacked right now, of course, and, you know, hopefully the parents come to their defense and so on and so forth. And really, these are the most important stories in America. Now, I'm going to talk about in detail, lay out, get into what happened with Joe Biden, what the bribery stuff's about. We're going to get into it. You're not going to have to listen to anybody else. You'll have all the details here. I'll put it all together for you. When it started and how it's progressed and what's going on and what the future of this investigation actually looks like. Will there be consequences or not? 
But I think the most important story in America today is a story about a Fox employee who put up a Chiron on the screen while Donald Trump was giving his response to his arraignment, to the indictments. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you've heard people talk about it already, but while Donald Trump was speaking in Bedminster, New Jersey, while MSNBC, well, all of them, CNN, all of the, the left-leaning networks, while all of them blacked out the speech, wouldn't, wouldn't put it on the screen, wouldn't play it for the audience, said it was too dangerous, Fox News did play it and cover it, and a brave Fox employee put a Chiron on the screen that said this, wannabe dictator speaks at White House after having his political rival arrested. That employee's been fired, terminated from Fox. And that's a hero. That Fox employee knew exactly what he was doing. Think think about the audacity. Think about the balls on that employee who put that up. Now, Tucker Carlson came out with his latest uh, episode three, I think it is, of his Twitter show. He talked about this. It's 14 minutes or so. Tucker Carlson's doing something very unique and great right now. He's really mastered his craft. I mean, this is somebody who's in his prime. Tucker Carlson is the strongest and most important voice in America right now. Now, I would, I, would, I would add that you actually, each of you listening, is also the most important voice in America. We can all uh, strive to, to get in a position to do something like that. And you can have that influence around you with your own friends, neighbors, and so on and so forth. You just have to be willing to get comfortable with confrontation. But, you know, Tucker does these 15 minutes, 14 minute things now. That's the length of his show every day. And it's as brilliant as his Fox News show. It has a few, it has fewer bells and whistles. But the voice is as strong as ever. Now that Fox Cryon, that Fox employee put that Chiron up is a hero. He's a hero and he's been fired for it. And I'm going to level with you. And this is stuff I shouldn't say because of, uh, because I, well, as a publicist, the people I represent want to be on Fox News. They want to be on the big programs and have their voices heard. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let my career, I'm not gonna let any of that stuff get in the way of, of telling the truth. Uh, Fox News. <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Um, if you haven't stopped watching Fox News, stop watching it. Never turn it on again. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean, most of you probably don't even care for Sean Hannity anymore, but maybe, maybe some of you still have these shows, Gutfeld and these people. You know, I don't want to um, pass the Rubicon here in a in a in a certain manner in terms of where I go with this, but many I won't I won't name them by name. How how about that? Many of these hosts still on Fox News, not all of them. They're cowards. They're cowards. They will not come to the defense of this Fox employee. I can guarantee you that. Because they just want to make a buck. You see, everyone has a price. Everyone has a price. 
except for this Fox employee, apparently. You know, this is somebody who, he's certainly not as well paid as, you know, Greg Gutfeld or somebody like that. But he was willing to, uh, he, he knew what was going to happen to him. He knew he'd be, he can for this. And he was. He faced the consequences. But uh, a lot of these other Fox employees and talking heads will never do something like that because they just care more about their paycheck. They care more about their paycheck. So, these are heroes. So, I, you know, you've got this brave Fox employee. You've got brave middle school students tearing down pride banners. And I want you to think about this. These middle school students who are young, they have their heads screwed on straight, and they are braver than these adults who purport to be leaders of the conservative movement. Now, the reason I say turn off Fox News is because Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire just broke today a story. Well, I saw it on Twitter with Matt Walsh, but they got inside information. They got some Fox employee who sent them screenshots of the employee portal at Fox News. You log on and, you know, it's, you know, for your emails and all this internal communications. And Fox News is pushing Pride Month, pushing employees to read about glory holes, for example. Fox News is a, a phony operation that is taking advantage of conservatives. Taking advantage of conservatives. Uh, they're a fraudulent operation that has been overrun by Paul Ryan on the board and, and all of these people. Of course, they got rid of Tucker Carlson and they're still fighting him to try and silence his voice. But uh, they're not your friend. They're the enemy. They're the enemy. So be more like these middle school students. Be more like this Fox News employee who put up that Chiron. It's time to be brave. It's time to, to say screw it. I mean, look, the Founding Fathers went to war with Great Britain, defied the odds to give us this inheritance. Abraham Lincoln, Republicans, what did they do? They sacrificed their lives in a civil war to defeat the Democrats and the Confederacy to continue the American experiment. Imagine what this country would look like had the Confederacy won. Or fast forward and imagine what this country would look like if we hadn't prevailed in World War II, if it weren't for those brave Americans and British soldiers and others who fought to protect freedom. That was for us so that we can be here today. And now it's a new generation's time to step up. And we don't have to run into gunfire. What we're being asked to do is so much easier than what other Americans have been called to do throughout our history. And I do believe that this nation is touched. It is sun-kissed. It is blessed. Manifest destiny and all of that, I believe that's true. But that depends on you and me. So, ask yourself every day. What do you want this nation to look like in the future? If you have children and grandchildren, what country do you want them to inherit? Uh, it's our turn. It's our time. And that's why I say that the mentality is so important here because we can be really down. It's okay. That's okay. I mean, this, this is every day. You know, I talk about this stuff. You listen to it here and elsewhere. 
And it can be depressing. It is depressing. Believe me, I have told you multiple times on this show how in some way I really resent the situation in America right now because, you know, I'm 36. I just had a daughter and I got to fight. I mean, I can't, I can't just sit around and relax. Well, that's our duty, right? We can't control when it happens, but the fight's here and it's up to us. So anyway, I want to get into this Joe Biden corruption here. It's pretty shocking. I want to get into a lot of details. I want to go back in time. I want to get into the Trump quid pro quo phone call. Uh, I've actually got it printed out, the transcript that Donald Trump declassified, released, which proved that thing a whole, that, that thing a hoax and sham. But all of this with Joe Biden. I want to give you a timeline here because Trump wasn't supposed to win the presidency. He wasn't supposed to win the presidency. Let me see if I can find. I've got a whole bunch of documents here. I just want to give you the, the easiest timeline. Uh, Chuck Grassley put it out there really uh, concisely. Did a really great job on Tuesday when he spoke. Um, but Hunter Biden joined this firm, Barisma, right? In May, on May 12th of 2014. May 12th, 2014, Joe Biden is the vice president of the United States. And that same month that Hunter Biden joined the board at Burisma, right? He was making a million dollars a year, $83,000 a month, I believe it was, his payment. Well, at the same time, the, um, the Burisma owner, whose name is Zlachevsky, Well, he was uh, had he just had his bank account frozen, and he was being investigated by Britain's serious fraud office, which is an independent government agency. And lo and behold, Joe Biden has a conversation with. Let me let me see here real quick. Hang tight. Nope, this is uh, da, da, da. this is about more in entertaining stuff we'll get to in a second about the fact that the uh, climate lockdowns are coming. But, you know, we'll save that good news for a little bit. Um, da, 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 da. All right. Sorry, folks. Okay, so I want to get into this. So this is a story I've got from December 8th, 2015. This is the New York Times written by James Risen. And I'll just read a little bit to you. When Vice President Joseph R. Biden Jr., Vice President, right, traveled to Kiev, Ukraine on Sunday for a series of meetings with the country's leaders, one of the issues on his agenda was to encourage a more aggressive fight against Ukraine's rampant corruption and stronger efforts to reign in the power of its oligarchs. But the credibility of the vice president's anti-corruption message may have been undermined 
by the association of his son, Hunter Biden, with one of Ukraine's largest natural gas companies, Burisma Holdings, and with its owner, Mykola Zlachevsky. Hunter Biden, a former Washington lobbyist, joined the Burisma board in May 2014. That month, as part of an investigation of money laundering, British officials froze London bank accounts containing $23 million that allegedly belonged to Mr. Zlachevsky. So now let's fast forward. And we have the phone call, right? With Joe Biden. And Poroshenko, the president of Ukraine. And he engages in a quid pro quo. And tells him to fire Victor Shokin. Now... Andrei Durkacz, who was the Ukrainian politician, uh, he's the one who leaked the phone calls between the phone call between Poroshenko, then president of Ukraine, and Joe Biden. And that phone call took place on November 16th, 2016. And I'll play that for you in a second, but Captain, cue up, cue up cut one, play cut one for me. I want, I want to play Biden bragging about his quid pro quo first. And I was going, supposed to announce that there is another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they, had, they were walking out to press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. So what's infuriating about this whole situation is the fact that Joe Biden has bragged about this himself. All of this stuff that we're, 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 we're begging the FBI to do their job and look into, well, they've, they've been stonewalling and they've been covering this up the whole time. The, in fact, the document that they showed to Congress, they actually redacted the information in there that showed that uh, the, 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 the president of this company, I think he's the president of the company, whatever, I'm getting tired of all these Ukrainian names, Zelensky with 36 Ys and everything else, but... Um, uh, da, 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 da. Anyway... There's Lachevsky here, Mikola Zlachevsky. Zlachevsky. Um, well, hang tight. Actually, Captain, pull up something for me, too. Pull up cut two. I want you to hear uh, Chanel Rion. She's on One American News Network. She, she plays the phone call. So you've got Joe Biden bragging about having this conversation, a quid pro quo. And then you have uh, the Ukrainian parliamentarian who releases the audio that this act- of this happening with Poroshenko. And so you have all this. I mean, there's, the, the evidence has, has been in front of our faces this whole time. It's, it's infuriating. So go ahead and play cut two, Captain. Go. The following conversation, dated February 18, 2015, appears to show Poroshenko admitting Shokin did nothing wrong, but was forced to resign anyways at Biden's request. The situation room. Hello, Hello. Joe Biden. Uh, thank you, Mr. Vice President. Your call is reconvened. 
Better, could you hear me? Yeah, I was better. I can, I can hear you better too. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you, you were saying, I didn't, I missed what you were saying. Yeah. So, first of all, I'm very happy to be here. Second, this is very valuable for me that you find out the time for me even in Minnesota. And I'm dreaming some days to be with you in Minnesota. <laughs> That's easy, man. I tell you what, I'd like to be with you instead of Minnesota right now, but go ahead. <laughs> the third, I have a, some positive and negative news. I will start with the positive news. Well, good. Joe, I have a second positive news for you. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. So you have the president of Ukraine, Poroshenko, on that phone call with Joe Biden, who says, look, Viktor Shokin hasn't done anything wrong. He's a clean guy. But because you asked me, Mr. President, and he didn't ask, he threatened to withhold $1 billion in aid, I'm going to fire him. So you have smoking guns all over. There's so much smoke, I guess. We can't see the crime, huh? And um, cue up cut three, Captain. I just want you to hear Grassley on Tuesday. He lays this out brilliantly. Uh, it might be a couple minutes long. If I sense that I'm getting bored or you're getting bored, I'll just cut it off and tell you what's going on. But um, yeah, cut three's Chuck Grassley on Tuesday in Congress. Go ahead and play that cut, Captain. Go. Let me assist for the purposes of more transparency on this subject. The 1023 produced to the House committees redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. Seventeen such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. The 1023 also indicates that then Vice President Joe Biden may have been involved in Burma, employing Hunter Biden. Based on the facts known to the Congress and the public, it's clear that the Justice Department, the FBI, haven't nearly had the same laser focus on the Biden family. Special Counsel Jack Smith has used a recording against former President Trump. Well, what is U.S. Attorney Weiss doing with respect to these alleged Joe and Hunter Biden recordings that are apparently relevant to the high-stakes bribery scheme? 
so it makes a good point. It makes makes a great point. You know, where where, where is the interest? But, you know, I, I want to make a point, too. Remember the quid pro quo impeachment of Donald Trump about his phone call with Zelensky? Well, what did Trump do when they started alleging the quid pro quo? Well, he, he called for the immediate release of the transcript. See, the Democrats didn't want you to see the transcript because it proved they were lying about what took place in the phone call. So Donald Trump, because he didn't do anything wrong, released the transcript. You could see it with your own eyes. Now, look at look at look at what Joe Biden's done. Joe Biden could clear this up right now. He could have everything released. I didn't do anything wrong. Release the, the, the 1023 or whatever. Release it all. Show the uh, the audio, play the tapes, whatever. But they're not doing that because they're trying to cover up because he's guilty of sin. He's guilty of sin. And really, this is what it comes down to. The Democrats and Joe Biden, I mean, they're protecting themselves. They're covering up. Them, they're covering for themselves. And that's why they had this overreaction with the quid pro quo impeachment. Now, I've got the transcript here in which they claim that, that, that Donald Trump, you know, threatened to withhold aid, which is exactly what Joe Biden did. It's not what Donald Trump did. But, you know... President Zelensky is praising Donald Trump, praising Donald Trump, talking about how he wants to, to drain the swamp in Ukraine. And, and at some point in the conversation, Trump says, you know, good, because I heard you had a prosecutor who was very good and he was shut down. And that's really unfair. A lot of people are talking about that. He goes on. He says, the other thing there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. And a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. All of this was true, and the Democrats covered it up. The reason they went crazy with this phone call is because Donald Trump was over the target. Donald Trump was over the target, and they're still trying to protect themselves. All of these phony indictments against Trump and everything else, a distraction from what they're doing and what they have done in the past. And, and you know, Rudy Giuliani had repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly in the past brought this up, and they just dismissed it as Russian disinformation. Now, just the other day, Rudy Giuliani was on with Rita Cosby on Newsmax. That was on Saturday. And he's the one who warned the American public about the Biden family pay-for-play scandals years ago. Well, he told Rita Cosby that he has a witness who is the former chief accountant at Burisma who's willing to testify on the Biden crimes. Here's what he says, Rudy Giuliani. It's extraordinary. I gave them one witness that any investigator would jump through hoops to go to. Gave them a witness who was a woman who was the chief accountant at this crooked company, Burisma. She was the wife of the former owner who died under suspicious circumstances. And she was willing to give up all the offshore bank accounts, including the Biden's accounts. She supervised the transfer of a lot more cash to the Bidens and other crooked politicians. Now, I don't know if this is true yet. Maybe you've heard this. Hannity reported this. I think Bongino did too. But apparently this witness, this accountant has been found dead. Now, I don't know if there's confusion about this. I'm not seeing reporting on this, but Hannity has said it. I think Bongino said it. I read it on on the internet too, but you can find almost nothing about this. If true, this is shocking. If this witness is dead, shocking. And we know what that's about. That's the Clinton treatment. That's the Clinton treatment. But I mean, think about it. All this uh, Trump-Russia collusion where they had no evidence corroborated and Rudy Giuliani is just feeding them witnesses, and they refuse to do anything about it. In fact, they cover it up. They cover it up. Now, here's what happened. 
It's not that Burisma used Joe Biden. It's that Joe Biden used Burisma. So he gets his son on the board at Burisma, and they're under investigation. And according to uh, whatever his name is, Yabba Dabba, whatever, uh, Zlachevsky, who owned Burisma, who was being investigated along with Hunter Biden, well, it's Joe Biden who turned the screws on Zlachevsky. And I think I've got, I think I've got a, uh, hang tight, hang tight. So here we go. This is according to the Washington Examiner about these recordings and everything else. So that 1023 from the FBI, well, firstly, the one they gave the House committee, they redacted the reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden had audio recordings. So they kept that out of it, the audio recordings. They kept that from them. But there are 17 total recordings. And apparently, Zlachevsky, he's the one who was having the phone conversations with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Two of the phone calls were with Joe Biden. And he kept these, these uh, he recorded them and kept these tapes as an insurance policy. Because Zlachevsky said he was worried after Donald Trump won the election. He was worried that he was going to get investigated. It was all going to come back to Joe Biden. They were all going to figure this out. And this is what all this cover-up and all this overreaction, all this insanity towards tyranny is about, covering this up. So, I mean, it's just shocking. And you know, Bill Barr is a part of this. Bill Barr, for example, moved this investigation to Delaware. I mean, there's so much tampering going on here to protect the Bidens. And it's not just uh, the FBI and so-called Democrats doing it. So, you know, they passed this off to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware, right? Who's investigating criminal, uh, federal investigation into Hunter Biden. And so... Apparently, it's up to U.S. Attorney David Weiss, this Trump-appointed holdover, to decide whether to indict the president's son. But that, of course, has nothing to do with Burisma. So what is Attorney Weiss doing with the allegations about these recordings? That's what Grassley was asking. Now, here's what's so frustrating, too. So we know... This is, this is a report from... Um, I think this is Daily Mail, but this is from uh, 26th of April, 2022. Here's the, here's the headline. Joe's missing millions. Financial records reveal Biden had $5.2 million in unexplained income. Now, of course, all of this adds up. $5 million was paid by the Burisma executive to Joe Biden, but through offshore bank accounts and so on and so forth. And he had all these shell companies set up, right? So let me get into this. This is from last year, the beginning of last year. Um, some of the wave of cash came from their book deals and speaking engagements, but the president's financial filings reveal that he declared almost $7 million more income on his tax returns than he did on his government transparency reports, right? So he gives all his tax returns. Oh, look, my individual tax returns. And yet he doesn't show the income that came from his companies. I'll get into that, how that works in a minute. So some of the difference can be accounted for with the salaries earned by First Lady Jill Biden and other sums not required on his reports, but still at least 5.2 million earned 
by Joe's company not listed on the transparency reports. I mean, it's so obvious what happened here. We know what happened, but unfortunately, we just need the FBI to do the investigation, have the hearings, and put the guy in prison. Meanwhile, we've got them trying to put Trump in jail, a political opponent, uh, for having 102 documents with classified mark. And, you know, um, who was it that, that, that did this on Newsmax? I think it was the other day. But there was a a, a fantastic, uh, I wish I could think of the guy's name. I got to give him credit. Shameful. Anyway, you know, they showed all these pictures and they included them in the material given to the grand jury in the Trump classified document uh, case. And they showed all these pictures of dozens and dozens and dozens of boxes stored in a bathroom and so on and so forth. And yet there were only 102 documents that supposedly have classified markings on them. 102. And he put, he showed, you know, 600 pages of paper, but 100 pages of paper is nothing. And they put, you know, 60, 100 boxes in these pictures. It looks like it's all staged, but they're only 100. So they're trying to look like he was just mishandling all this stuff, but there's only 100 documents, 102 documents, some odd documents. And they're showing pictures of just dozens. and It's all a spectacle. It's all a setup. It's all phony baloney. So, I mean, yeah, so we knew back in 2022. Okay, or uh, yeah, last year. Okay, what's what's up with this? 5.2 million unexplained income. Well, um, I'll read this. This is more recent. So as more and more questions arise about President Joe Biden's possible link to a $5 million bribery plot, scrutiny around a 2017 tax return is also garnering some attention from GOP lawmakers. Here's what Biden did. Biden has claimed total transparency regarding the release of tax returns. New new details are coming to light. Those details include income of $10 million to a Biden S corporation. So Joe Biden released 22 years of personal tax returns. But he hid this because it was through his S-Corp. It wasn't on the same form. And so he made $15.6 million between 2017 and 2019 when he left office. And again, there's $5.2 million in unexplained income, which matches the amount that, of course, the FBI is sitting on a file, been sitting on a file that says that they paid Joe Biden $5 million dollars. It's such an obvious scheme right in front of our faces. Um, Biden was asked about uh, some of this uh, today or yesterday. Cue up cut four, Captain. This is just uh, amazing. This is, this is, you know, they talk about um, how Donald Trump was so disrespectful. So disrespectful. Unpresidential. Well, here's Joe Biden and his response uh, to a reporter. Go ahead, Captain. Play that cut. Go. Why did the Ukraine FBI equipment file refer you to the Why is that? 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 Why is that
about the revelations that this Ukrainian person referred to Joe Biden as the big guy. Now, of course, the big guy is problematic because in the emails, that's what he was referred to with regards to payments from China. This is the most corrupt family in American history. And he's sitting in the White House being protected, and you've got people that are upset about Donald Trump having some classified documents or documents with classified markings, which everyone has. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, cue up cut five, Captain. I just really can't understand how any Democrat, any American continue to defend this guy. Uh, This is brain dead Biden. Uh, Go ahead and play cut five. Another brain malfunction. Go. We've mobilized the world's leading emitters to help poor countries deal with the impacts of climate change. They called it the G7, the Build Back Biden, Build Back Better. And we realized that got confusing. So now we don't call it that. What we call it is, here's the bottom line. Look, we're the ones that caused the problem. The United States, we cleared all our land. We did all the things to make make things more easy for us to make money. What is he talking about? Anybody know? No. No, he's just the the puppet in the White House. Weekend at Bernie's. Now I want to shift gears here. All that stuff's important. You know, in summary, I think, do we understand the scandal here? It's very simple. It's very simple. Joe Biden likely got his son Hunter Biden the job at Burisma. Burisma was at the same time being investigated. The head of the company, Yabba Dabba, you know, I can't remember his name ever, whatever. You know, he's being investigated. And then you have Joe Biden, according to this witness, who said he pressed, Joe Biden pressed him to pay him $5 million in order to save the company and stop the investigation. So it's just, you know, this thing's so sideways. All the way around. So all the scandal stuff aside. You know, I I mentioned before that climate lockdowns are likely coming. Now, that's what the British politician or former British politician Nigel Farage said recently. Now, I don't know if you paid attention to this at all or heard about it, but in London the radical Marxist mayor, Sadiq Khan, um, well, he's taken multiple actions to to put this into practice. And of course, the same people who claim, for example, that the COVID lockdowns could never happen are the same people saying, oh, this is just a conspiracy theory. So, um, Well, let, let, me, let me get into some of this. I don't know if you've heard about 15-minute cities, for example. That, that's one thing they're trying to do. 15-minute minute cities basically is them saying, I mean, it's like communism. They've got this perfect utopia imagined for you, and it doesn't involve you having a car. You know, um, in order to fight climate change, we need to stop driving. We need to drive less. Now, it's funny. They say this out of one side of their mouth while they're also planning on getting rid of gas-powered vehicles, right? 
Anyway, so this is a little while back and it's being implemented. So Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, well, um, he's creating these uh, 20 mile per hour zones in 15 minute neighborhoods, right? He's, he's lowering speed limits, but it's to save your life. And he's, of course, faced backlash. This isn't popular, but here's the thing with the tyrants. It doesn't have to be popular. The majority of the American people disagree with much of this agenda in our own country with the left, but they're pressing forward as if they, well, as if they're dictators. Um, I mean, it's, it's just so, I mean, it sounds insane. It sounds insane. And it's happening right now. It's happening right now. And I got to tell you, the, the consequence of getting rid of gas-powered vehicles and going to electric vehicles is that there are gonna be, there's going to be electricity rationing. There's going to be shortages. That's just the reality. And that's by design, too. So, you know, Sadiq Khan's been, been planning uh, to overhaul the road network in the capital, planning all these 20-mile-per-hour zones, uh, and essentially what they're doing is they're saying you can't drive in certain areas without permits because of climate change. So they're controlling your movement. I mean, what is freedom? Freedom is mobility, is it not? Everything we do revolves around our ability to travel elsewhere, to the grocery store, to a friend's house, out of state, whatever. I mean, that is freedom. Freedom to move, freedom to be where we want to be. And of course, what did we do during COVID? What did they press? Stay at home, don't leave. Well, now they're going to make that a reality. Again, um, so, you know, Khan is denying that he's waging a war on motorists, um, even as they push to reduce speed limits. And they, they call this the ULEZ, by the way. But anyway, they're expanding this in August, uh, to all of the outer London boroughs. And they, they claim, of course, their goal is reducing pollution and increasing air quality. But of course, that's a ruse to control the population. Um, I mean, they're furious about this, but he's pushing ahead anyway. So, hang tight. Uh, da, 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 da. So the the ULEZ expansion is being rushed. It's going to hurt many low income. And, and this is the thing too. All of these things that these, I mean, the people that are voting for these people are largely a lot of low income people, and that's who it hurts. That's who it hurts. You know, with a mileage tax and all this sort of stuff, it's all meant to reduce our driving. And I just, I don't know how people don't get the memo. They don't get the message with all this. I mean, this is so dangerous. This is an existential threat to our way of life, and it's happening. You've got Joe Biden doing this right now. The EPA, as we speak, until it goes to the Supreme Court, but that didn't matter because the Supreme Court already ruled that he couldn't regulate CO2 emissions of coal plants, but he's just passed new regulations to do that very thing. Uh, da, da, da. Londoners are spending more time closer to home. They want their neighborhoods to be welcoming, healthy, and sustainable, not clogged up with traffic and pollution, Khan said. 
London's recovery must be an inclusive green recovery that enables all Londoners to walk and cycle around greener neighbor. This sounds like, I mean, it's like 1984, you know, but it's just, yes, you people are just so foolish and so stupid. I am, you just don't know any better. This is for your own good. It's so you can breathe better. You don't need to travel. You don't need your car. Just listen to me. Do what we say. So anyway, th this is just what's in store for you in the near future. I, I just really, there's not a single thing that the Biden administration or the Democratic Party has done to improve America. I really don't know what policy position it is out there that has anybody exuberance about the Democratic Party anymore. I mean, all this Pride Month stuff, all this shoving this garbage down our throats. I mean, California, Washington, all these. I mean, these are the Democrats are promoting these policies in which they want to encourage in schools your kids to go and get their gen genitalia mutilated. And if you want to stand in the way of your 13-year-old doing that, well, they're going to take your kid away. They're going to make you a criminal. And then we've got, you know, you had the uh, Marine Neely, who's now been indicted. Uh, he put the individual on the subway in New York in a chokehold after the individual was threatening subway passengers. And the, the man happened to die. He's, I mean, the message is clear. I mean, it, we're not, no one's safe anymore. Criminals are heralded as heroes. People who have cojones who are good Samaritans, they're attacked. Defending yourself is now a crime. Criminals get lenient sentences. They get released onto the street. People who protest outside of abortion clinics, meanwhile, are rounded up and investigated by the FBI, considered terrorists. It's just nuts. It's totally nuts. So, you know, I just, I just want to return to the theme here real quick. You know, we've talked a lot about the fact that we're really engaged in a spiritual war right now. And it, it is good versus evil. What these people are up to, what they want to do to you and I and the rest of the citizenry. I mean, we, 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 I don't want to say America already peaked because that, that, that's a negative philosophy, point of view, worldview, and so on and so forth. But we are so far away from the, the promise or the objective of creating a more perfect union. And I see all this garbage out there by Democrat politicians about how the LGBTQ plus community, the alphabet mafia is under attack. They're not. Tell, tell me what rights the alphabet mafia doesn't have. You, you just had a, a young woman, a country singer. Uh, who sang in some capacity for Donald Trump or at, at some Donald Trump thing the other day, and she had another event canceled because she did that. I mean, this is the Jim Crow Democratic Party. <clears throat> if you're a conservative, if you're, if you're a Trump supporter, I mean, you are not even a second-class citizen. You're canceled summarily. And, 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 you know, we do not have strong members in Congress that are Republicans who get it or even care. You know, 20 
House Republicans voted with Democrats not to censure Adam Schiff for lying. Now, they put in this thing that they wanted to, to, to fine him, you know, $16 million or something like that. Now, it wasn't going to be, even if they passed it, he wasn't going to have to pay the $16 million immediately. It was going to have to go to committee. They were going to have to determine what to do. But my point is, <clears throat> Republicans refuse to use power even when they have it. And they do not get the gravity of the situation. This isn't ordinary circumstances. The Democrats use and abuse power to put, well, right now they're doing it to try and put Donald Trump in prison. They're even trying to get the special counsel to move the grand jury from Miami to New Jersey where they can get more Democrat, anti-Trump jury members to ensure that he's in, in, put in jail. That's how crazy this is. They'll do anything. <clears throat> They've got this project. I don't know if you, maybe you've heard Charlie Kirk and others talk about it, the 65 Project. This is a funded group uh, by the Democratic Party, which is devoted to going after and punishing any lawyers who would represent Trump. So they'll go after their, I mean, it's like, it's a persecution. So they're funding people to go after. And of course, the idea here is that Donald Trump won't be able to get legal representation or high-quality legal representation to defend him against these indictments about the classified documents. I mean, this is what they do. They'll invent Trump-Russia collusion hoaxes. And we've got Adam Schiff, who's one of the most notorious reprobates in America, who went on TV and lied about Trump-Russia collusion, lied about quid pro quo. He has been the spokesperson. He's been the Goebbels for the Democratic Party for years. And when, Dem and when Republicans have the power in the House to punish him, they won't do it. They'll say it's it's not a What they wanted to do was not unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that prevents it. That's an excuse. And I'm tired of being lied to. Thomas Massey, who generally I like on things, he was one of the people that didn't vote to censure Adam Schiff, saying that, can you imagine if they find us 16? Who stopped thinking this way? <clears throat> Remember what Nancy Pelosi did when she had power? She fined them, forced them to wear masks. If they didn't wear masks, she fined the members of, I mean, this is, they use power. We have to use power. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to use it and wield it. You know, it, it really is us versus them, unfortunately. That's the reality. And until there are repercussions, this isn't going to stop. This isn't going to stop. And I'm sorry it has to be this way. I'm sorry they chose to go in that, down this route. I'm sorry the Democrats are so corrupt that now they have to hide their own crimes by bringing false accusations against Trump, by gaslighting the American people and creating all these scapegoats out there White supremacy, MAGA, domestic, I mean, all this stuff, this garbage to distract the American people. But anyway, you know, here we are. We've got the Biden administration, which is banning gas-powered vehicles, banning gas stoves, forcing the American people to buy an electric vehicle in the future, forcing manufacturers to meet standards, unconstitutional, absurd standards to produce electric vehicles and not gas. I mean, they're hijacking, taking over, eliminating an entire industry. This is fascism. They're rewarding businesses, creating credit scores, 
you know, to coerce companies into pushing the left's agenda, whether it's Fox News doing it or Budweiser, you name it. All these companies are in on it. Chick-fil-A, DEI, all this stuff. I mean, this is fascism. We're fighting fascism. And what we need to do is to first acknowledge that it's happening, acknowledge its existence, be privy to what's going on, be educated about what's going on, and explain that to other people and put our foot down. We cannot live in fear anymore. If consequences come, consequences come, but you can't control that. But what do you want to do? Put your head in the sand for the, you know, and just be that generation that says to your grandkids and children, hey, I'm sorry. It was just too tough. You know, I, I can pinpoint the moment, 2022, 23, 24. I can remember the moment that this was all happening. I remember seeing the fascism coming. I remember seeing how wrong it was. I remember seeing what they were doing to our children. I remember them supporting pornography for students in, in libraries. I remember them pushing drag story hour for kindergartners. I remember them teaching critical race theory, teaching our children that they were racist if they had white skin and they were victims if they were black. I remember the illegal immigration. But, you know, I didn't want to get called a bad person, so I, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I was silenced. I didn't fight back. I didn't push back. I didn't defend Trump because it was just too hard. The risk was too great. Somebody might not like me. And these are the moments, and this is the time where you look back in history, you look at Nazi Germany, you say, how could that happen? How could, that, how could the, the citizens allow that to happen? How could they support it? How could they sit silently? Well, the Nazis denied they were doing anything. It was happening all around them. People put their heads in the sand, they bought into it. Of course, the Nazis had the Hitler Youth, the Nazi Youth, and everything else. They're doing the same thing here in America, taking our children, stealing them from us, indoctrinating them with these horrible, evil thoughts. And I was thinking about something, too, about this pride stuff. You know why they're doing this also in addition to ruining the nuclear family and promoting just evil in this country? It's like the masks. The pronouns, right? They're like, you know, they're forcing people to use people's pronouns, for example, some of these companies. They're rolling that out now. And you get in trouble if you don't use them, they, them, he, her, whatever they want to be called. They know it's an assault on the truth. They know it's an assault on reality and language. Just like they knew masks didn't work. And they knew they didn't work, but they force you to put them on your face to teach you a lesson, to destroy your, well, to take your power away from you, to take your confidence away from you, to get you to bend the knee. We were sitting here, we knew the masks didn't work, and we're sticking them on our faces because they told us to. We were afraid of the repercussions. They put pride flags in kindergartners' hands at school. They put the flag up on the flagpole with the American flag. I dare you to say something. but we better say something. But that's the pronoun stuff now. It's like, yeah, we know it's stupid, but we're going to force you to use them because we can, because you don't have any power, because you're subservient. And I don't know about you. I mean, I, I just, I don't understand the mentality of so many Americans out there today who just love authority. Love authority. I do not remember loving authority. 
But, you know, I mean, it's a little crass, but it's like, spank me harder, daddy. I mean, that's the mentality of these uh, these weirdos in the country. Spank me harder, by it, Joe. We know he's into that. We know he's into that. I, ju- I, ju- I don't know. I mean, I just, I can't get over. I, I just, it's just astounding to me. I can't wait for, till my book's out. I'm going to destroy the left with this book. Hopefully we make a difference in the 2024 election. I hope they try to ban it. I hope they come for me. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, well, we we got we covered a lot there today. A lot to get into. A little all over the place. But anyway, it's good to be with you again. We'll be back again next week. Uh, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.